Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We're going to be continuing in our studies today, going through the book of 1 Thessalonians. We are here in chapter number 4, and we've been looking at verse number 9, which says, But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And so as we've been looking at this verse here, we've been talking about how these saints in Thessalonica that the Apostle Paul, when he was looking at them and looking at how it was that they were living their life, that he knew that he did not have to write any instructions to them about how it was that they were supposed to demonstrate the love that God intends for a believer to demonstrate towards other individuals. And It's an important concept to really look at this idea of Paul knowing this. And in the second part of the verse, it's just where we're going to be focusing today on when it says, For ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. So he's describing here the purpose for why it is that he knows that he does not have to make any sort of discussion, any sort of giving them any information related to it. And it's because when he says, ye yourselves are taught of God. So as he's saying this, and it almost kind of seems like he's kind of just repeating himself when he says, ye yourselves... But there's an important aspect to why it is that the Apostle Paul is saying it this way because he's really talking to them from both the general thing of talking to them as the collective group and also talking to each one individually. And that's where when he says ye in this, the Apostle Paul is speaking to the entire group of the believers, the saints. You know, he refers to them as brethren. All these different terms that he uses in this epistle as he's describing these saints, that word ye is descri- you know, talking to the group of them. And then when he gets into the aspect of yourselves, it's the thing of, okay, you at as a group, have this understanding, and I know that this is true, but it's also each individual is also has been had that teaching that has come on to Because it's not just the aspect of that as a group that there's a responsibility. There is a responsibility that each individual member of the body of Christ is going to have in the relationship with God. You know, it's not enough for someone to say, well, 
I know this, you know, is true, and I know it because, you know, well, so-and-so, who's my pastor, is the one who teaches that, and since he teaches it, I know it's true, there's a responsibility that every single member of the body of Christ has related to the Word of God, and as a result of that responsibility, that this is what the basis of when we talk about the judgment seat of Christ and how it is that we live our life and that we're judged there, that entire judgment is going to be based on the Word of God and how we handled the Word of God in our life. You know, we know, for example, let's go turn over to Romans chapter number 10, and we're going to see a concept here that the Apostle Paul says about the Word of God here in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 17, which says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. It's the Word of God which is going to produce faith in an individual. There is no faith that can come to anybody without the Word of God being involved in it. And we know from over in the book of Hebrews that without faith it is impossible to please God. So there has to be a measure of faith that is there, and that faith is only going to come from the Word of God. We also know that when we're talking about the Word of God, that the Apostle Paul gives us instructions on how it is that we are to understand the Word of God. Let's turn over to 2 Timothy chapter number 2 because we're going to see here how Paul gives the instructions for a member of the body of Christ today on how it is that we are to be looking at the Word of God. And here in 2 Timothy chapter number 2, we're going to read here verse number 15, which says, Study the shoe thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we see here from this passage that it is the responsibility of every member of the body of Christ related to how it is that we are studying the word of God because when he says study the shoe thyself Paul is talking here to the individual now he's specifically writing to Timothy here in this epistle we know that everything that we find you know that the apostle Paul wrote you know he wrote Romans through Philemon that that's where our doctrine is going to be found today we're not going to find our doctrine in any other book. You know, we're not going to go to the book of James 
for example, to find the doctrine of how it is that we're to live our lives today, we're going to find that doctrine in Romans through Philemon. That's where an individual is rightly dividing the word of truth, understanding the time frame of you know when this book was written, understanding the audience, understanding the doctrinal information. Those are the things that an individual has. They're rightly dividing the word of truth. And it's not separating truth from error. It's separating truth from truth. And the thing of that this is truth that applies to me directly. And this is truth that doesn't apply to me directly. And by having that understanding, I'm able to take in the information of what applies to me directly, allow it to work in my life, so that way it can produce the faith that we just saw over in Romans chapter number 10. Now, as long as we're here in the book of 2 Timothy, we just turn over one chapter here, because this is one of those things of you know when somebody hears that a person is talking about rightly dividing the word of truth that they just look and say well see you're going to throw everything else out of the bible here and you see how paul says here and let's read verses 16 and 17 of second timothy chapter number three when he says all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, throughly furnished unto all good works. Now, we see here how Paul's identifying something here, and he says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So everything that we find it is scripture next from Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 all the way to the end of the book of Revelation all of that is considered to be scripture all of that is given by inspiration of God all of it is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness so when we look at things, you know, for example, the book of Romans, the book of Romans is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. Now, just as the book of Romans is profitable in that manner, you know, the book of Proverbs is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. You know, first Peter is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The whole issue is that an individual has to have the understanding of who are those books written to, to be able to understand who the doctrine, the reproof, the correction, the instruction in righteousness who the primary audience of those books actually is. Now, there are things, you know, we can gain an understanding of things by going into, you know, some of these other books. We see how the Apostle Paul will quote things out of, 
you know, what we call the Old Testament, you know, and quoting them for a particular purpose that lines up with the doctrine that's for today. You know, there's reasons why he does that. But we see that there is a profit in those things. And how it is that it's the word of God, which is actually going to be doing the teaching of it. And how, as the Apostle Paul, when he, here in Second Timothy, when we look at this epistle, we see how Paul is sitting there in a prison cell. And he's writing the last book that he's going to write, which is going to end up being the last book of the Bible. He knows that his time is short. He sees all the things that are going on. He sees how all that are in Asia have turned away from him. He starts naming names of individuals who've walked away from their faith. One of them being Titus, who, you know, the very next book, that if you keep turning to the right in your Bible, the very next book from where we are in 2 Timothy here is the book of Titus. And Paul's saying that he loved this present world and forsook him. And that occurred because of all of the opposition that was going on and that thought process that came in of, you know, I want to try to avoid any of those bad things and the only way I'm going to avoid those bad things is by turning away from the doctrine that was taught by the Apostle Paul. That's why you see all throughout this epistle that Paul has to be saying these things of encouragement unto Timothy to make sure that he's going to stand and stay in the truth of you know, what's producing faith in the individual, what's producing the things that are pleasing unto God. That's why you see, for example, let's turn over to chapter number 1. Here in 2 Timothy, we see how Paul says in verses 13 and 14, Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me, and faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee Keep by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in us. So, Paul's having to write these words of encouragement to say, Timothy, you need to hold fast to the the form of some words. Hold fast to this doctrine, because if you're holding fast to it, you're not going to be shaken. You're not going to be pulled away from the doctrine that's been given to us by the things of what the world is going to throw at someone. You see how in chapter 2, as Paul continues on writing here, and we're going to just read verse number 2, where it says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. So what Paul is saying here is to take all of this doctrine, take everything that's been given unto you, all the stuff that I just told you that you need to hold fast to, 
that you need to take this and you need to commit this onto other individuals so that way they can be able to go out and that they can do the same thing and keep this message, the information that's contained in Romans through Philemon, the gospel that which is for today, the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, and how someone's belief in that and that alone is what gives someone salvation today. All of this doctrine, take all of this and give it to faithful individuals who are going to be able to go out so that way they can teach other individuals, so that way they can be able to do the same thing of taking it and giving, and then they give it to other people, so that way they can go out and teach this message. You know, if you remember years ago, there was that commercial was on TV of, you know, the thing of where, you know, I think it was for a shampoo commercial and the person was saying about how effective it was things and I told two friends and they told two friends and so on and so on and so on and how the message of the effectiveness of this product passed on as everyone was talking about how effective it was. That's the responsibility that the Apostle Paul is saying to Timothy about to take this information and give it to other individuals so that way they can go out and teach it so that way it will be in them so that way a similar thing of what Paul is talking about of these individuals in Thessalonica that it could be said about these individuals as well as this is going and this is the responsibility that we have today and it's really the thing of where, you know, when we look at, you know, the role of, for example, the local assembly, the role of the local assembly is to edify, to, you know, to build, you know, well, it starts with the evangelism, getting the gospel out. Then it's the edification to build individuals up. It's the exhortation to encourage individuals to keep going. And then there's the... The last one of the, which is the eldership, which is that the local assembly should be raising up that next generation. So that way the next generation is able to continue to go on and teach this doctrine. So that way we are not the last generation holding on to this. Because, you know, as the days go on, you know, all of us are getting older and older. And if there's not that next generation that comes behind us to continue to teach this message, this message eventually would stop being taught. And the end result would be what you see how Paul describes in chapter 3, that first section of the chapter where Paul's describing the things about how in the last days perilous times shall come, and he describes all of these things that you know most people just look and go, well, he's just describing the world system, and that's what the world's going to look like in the last days. 
Well, the reality of things, the world has always looked like those things. So it's not the world system. Paul's talking about how the local assembly is going to look like that and how the local assembly is going to have the issue of where men should be lovers over their own selves. You know, that they're going to be unthankful. All of these things that would run contrary to what we're just seeing of how Paul's describing this assembly in Thessalonica and saying about how he didn't have to write unto them about the things about how to love one another because the word had already been working in them and it was just a natural part of who they are. The result of what is supposed to happen to make sure that that doesn't occur is where Paul ends up closing out this epistle here when he says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead it is appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables, but watch on all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. And where Paul is having to say that you're going to have to do some things in order to make sure that this is not going to happen on your watch. And the very first thing of how to make sure that this doesn't happen on your watch is to preach the word. And when Paul says, talks about the idea of preaching the word, it's all based on the information of what he's already said to Timothy and So by the time you're getting to where we just read in the first five verses of chapter number four, Timothy's already read chapter one and chapter two and chapter three. So he already has that understanding. So he already has the understanding about holding fast the form of sound words. He has the understanding about to take the information and give it to others. That way they could be able to teach this. So he already knows that, you know, he knows that, you know, all all scriptures given by inspiration of God. He knows all this. So when Paul can say to preach the word, Timothy already knows what that means. Timothy knows that he's supposed to be going out and teaching this. So that way individuals can be in this position of where the word is working in them, that they could be as how Paul describes how the saints should look. If we go over to Philippians, let's turn over there, the book of Philippians, we're going to turn over to chapter number 2. And we're going to read here verse number 15. Actually, we'll start up in verse 13. It says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Now, God is working 
in us through the word. And as the word is working in us, the end result of that is that we are to be functioning as how verse 15 closes out there when it says, whom ye shine as lights in the world. That in the midst of that crooked and perverse nation, you know, which is, you know, you look all around us in the world and you can see that crooked and perverse nation that we are to be lights. We're to be different than the world system. And that's what Paul saw in these saints in Thessalonica and why he could say that he had, there was no reason for him to have to write unto these individuals because they had an understanding of, they knew what it was that they were supposed to. They had that complete understanding. So that way by the time he's writing this, that he could just mention that this was their reality and could kind of move on and progress into some of the other doctrinal information that he needs to give them. Now, next week, we'll, we'll close out. We'll, we'll finish up verse number 9. We'll probably start some things in verse number 10 of First Thessalonians chapter number 4 as well. Now, as we close out here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some charts to help you in your study of God's Word. We have information about how to join our Sunday services and our Wednesday night Bible study live as they're broadcast on Facebook. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about anything in our broadcast, anything on our website, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.